The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Here we are, the final chapter of the Hickman X-Men era. Long time coming, long time coming. Inferno is the fi- issue number four, the final chapter of in- of the X-Men Hickman saga, the House of X side of, of the Marvel Universe. But ever since the issue came out on Wednesday, there have been other updates on Hickman appearing on a podcast called Explain the X-Men Podcast on their 150th podcast. As, um... Hickman decided to reveal some interesting details regarding what was originally going to happen in his X-Men side of the universe. Basically, we we get a glimpse of the X-Men he would have told if he had been allowed to, you know, do everything he wanted and not have any of the whole we want to stay in the first act kind of shtick. First part of that series was going to be Al Ewing. If I butchered his last Al Ewing, Ewing, sorry. Uh, basically the guy who does a lot of the cosmic side of the Marvel side of the universe. Uh, he, and Space, basically, he was set to write, originally was going to write Mora Metagrit as an X-Men comic. So that's how they got him in X-Men, originally was supposed to be brought in by Hickman, and he was going to write, write Mora X, though that story ultimately did not happen. It could still happen, but much differently. Saying, uh, that's how we got Al into the office. I seduced him with an Al, come do this Moira book. And he was like, I don't know. And then he thought about it and all of it started to click for him. All that changed though, of course, when it became clear that I was leaving. So we pushed all that stuff into a box that blows up a little bit in Inferno, but it blows up a lot more later. As for why we used Moira, it needed to be someone who we didn't know was a mutant. And it needed to be a power set that would allow us to explain why they were scheming as hard as they were. Why they wanted to go to the ends that they were going to take them. What it is with its fascination is always building up and always building a nation. It's failed so many times before. Why do you keep trying to do it? Because we feel like that's the solution. That would work in the generational timeline. And I just love the trial and error of trying to figure it out. It also explains the big reason why she got the legacy virus. I think that's the biggest tell I've ever seen in my entire life. I know that Chris Claremont didn't feel that way. I know he wrote around it. I know that's the reason why narratively you do it is to humanize it and not immunize it. And to say it affects all of us, and not just mutants, I'm sure that people pushed up against that pretty hard, but I also thought it would have worked why Xavier has always been the way he's been. It's almost like he's breaking bad, he always goes a little bit too far, and he's always pushing it in a way that's completely contradictory to his position, and it's just kind of all clicked as a story. Of course, it doesn't work 100% because it's a retcon, and there's plenty of issues when I'm sure it really runs incorrectly, but sometimes you have to make radical changes where you're dealing with that kind of st- satra 
uh, in the continuity and we made a choice but i loved her as the idea to it being at her as her not being a human but pretending to be a human and actually wanted to be a human being the motivation for why she became an antagonist a protagonist in the background so yeah there's been so much talk over the history of the x-men of, of creating a third voice a third perspective in charles magneto's dichotomy and whatnot uh, there and it feels like this is where we in some ways finally got what the, that what we needed something that just outside the simple binary that was like no no this is much bigger than either of you are thinking about right now that's the idea behind the council and everything i feel like there were voices that if you look took the units and removed death and therefore the ultimate version of danger they would begin to build a culture i thought they were a lot of questions that would come with a lot, a lot of really logical places that's why i made the choices of who sits on the council some of them or deals with the devil, some who are just pragmatic decisions, others are just bar battered, are bartered and traded for people who wanted to become powerful, just like Charles and Benito are. And now we're in the position where we're shifting even more and we'll continue to shift until we reach the apex version of the most dynamic storytelling possible. Another thing was revealed that Marvel plans for Storm to have Black Panther's baby in X-Men. That was a thing. Or that whole Storm storyline that we're going to do initially. The first one was going to be when Storm is screwed up and injured and when Jean and Emma come out of the psychic rescue. You were going to find out that what was wrong with her, her was she was just pregnant and she was pregnant with her and T'Challa's kid. Then the next couple of issues would have been having her to go into the, the world and having the kid and the kid will be raised in the world. So it would be the, the heir to two kingdoms who didn't know the mother or the father. But you would have gotten a whole bunch of stuff coming out of that world. Oh, that would have crashed into all of that and the reason why we didn't do it is because marvel had other black panther plans that got pushed in and then also they didn't want to go in that direction but it was too late to change it russell was already halfway through drawing the book so all the stuff in those giant size x books all those changed on the fly which is why it's a little bit of a mess but that was actually going to be a really cool thing for some stuff that was going to happen later we were going to do the avengers next kid their kid from the future cartoony thing and there would be some suit stuff that was going to happen much later on that on that that kid would have been a really big part of it because he would have been able to unify he'd be a leader of two different societies which would have mattered a lot later on so as so much context to these giant size specials so yeah the original plan was yeah Jean Grey and Emma Frost and giant size storm and Jean Grey and Emma Frost were originally going to have Storm be pregnant with T'Challa's kid. But that ultimately did not go the way they hoped. And, well, that's off the tables, it seems. Or at least probably until down the road. <laughs> also, Hickman revealed... Wanted to talk about why he wrote House of X and Powers of Ten regarding why everything wrote everything that was wrong with the X-Men during this time period before he took over... He also revealed more about the books he was planning to do had he stuck around and been allowed to continue his work un unquestioned. So one was Generation X saying, uh, I feel like this whole Generation X cast was fantastic. I mean, just fantastic. And for some reason, we never got it got to it it's the eternal youth problem with marvel time and that happened to really small window whenever you compress the top and bottom together same thing for the next generation of kids that never come along that's somebody else's favorite mutants whatever cyclops doesn't 
Whenever Cyclops is in the you're just squishing everything down. I actually wanted to do a Generation X book. That's kind of interesting when the initial line books are going to be and what I hoped it was going to be and what we were pushing for then and then and what it morphed into. My idea was we should have one book for each generation of Academy kids. We should have a Mutants book and we should have a Generation X book. Another story was uh, Hellfire Club's kids. Yeah, I feel like that wouldn't have lasted long, honestly. Uh, and Hellfire Kids Club Kids, and then on the flip side of that, we should have had a Hellfire Club. You know, um, you know, MS Kids, the thing about working with the X-Men on all that continuity, so there's not much to mine, and there's made so many directions you could go in, and then at some point it just becomes an economical choices and people actually having to write, want to write, want to write things. Another story was going to be the Imperial Guard. Or called, well, it was called the Imperial Guard. I was going to do an Imperial Guard book with Bobby and Sam, and it was going to be them on the other side of all that technology stuff in the Shi'ar Empire, and the Imperial Guard and Star Jammers would have been part of it, I'm sure. But it would have been a big space book seeding all that for what we were in, where I was going to crash it all together, but it was going to seed all of them in a way that, the way, um, in a pretty intense way. It was so, I, so I bond about that. I clearly set them up to do all that when I did those four issues of New Mutants. That was clear where we were going with it all along. I have a couple of things that I was really looking forward to doing that I'm just not going to get to do, but they're in great hands. Another story would have been Mr. Sinister! Mr. Sinister! Mr. Sinister! I thought he was a total pants character for the longest time and really terrible until Killian Gellion unlocked it and I used it in Secret Wars. He was a big, big part of that, and I never stopped building that for the for Gillian and to come back in, even when Carrion and didn't know that he was coming back in. So I and so I tricked him. I pulled my own little sister thing there, and Carrion is where he belongs. And man, the stuff that he has lined up council-wise and sister-wise is pretty great stuff. Which will be part of that Immortal X-Men book, which was revealed to be the original title for Inferno. Well, that was now being written by the next by Gillian after Hickman left. So yeah, there were a lot of stuff he had in mind for the X-Men universe of Marvel. But uh yeah. One of the biggest things that he never want that he wanted to do, but Marvel basically told him no, was that he was he was gonna have Rogue be a main character of sorts in the Inferno story. He originally was either gonna say, Can I expand the book? Or give me more issues. And they told him, no, you can't. So the story in issue two was that that Mystique disguised as Charles Xavier sees Hope Summer take his role as the Kakarot Resurrection process. As they bring Destiny back from the dead and Hope would take the helmet. And would use it for Trial of Magneto in between the three weeks. That's my best guess of the timeline. But, yeah... Hickman revealed that, yeah, that was the original plan for Rogue's absence, saying, uh, clearly Rogue is super important to the Mystique Destiny paradigm, and I was going to have her be the person who stole Emma's powers, and she would have brought Destiny back. She would have been the one who used the Cerebro to inject Destiny's mind back into her body, but the problem with it is that if I did that, I would have needed a lot more real estate to do that. All that Emma pieces that we needed, it just didn't work. I wrote a version of it, and it was so cool, but I didn't have the space to do the other things I had to do. And so a darling had to die. It sucked because I don't think I, I got to write Rogue the entire time outside of a couple of plants, panels in House of X and Powers of Ten. There are a lot of X characters I didn't get to write and that I really, really wanted to, but there's a lot of them that's bound to happen. 
So, yeah. There are indeed a lot of characters I think Hickman wished he could have worked on, but never got the chance to, and Rogue was probably really going to be one of them. But sadly, you're working with licensed material, and there's an editorial above you saying, nope, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can do this, you can do that, but you can't do this. And they couldn't really have Hickman, despite being Hickman and being their hot seller of comics, they couldn't have him basically be told, you are above us, so do whatever you want. Which would have really probably pissed off the people at DC, at Marvel because the writers at Marvel because they were being they would have been told none of you are as important as Jonathan Hickman, which kind of would demoralize every lot of things. So sadly, there was no balance between them. So Hickman got to do some things he wanted, but he never got to really execute the whole thing he wanted. And now they're in this limbo state of Act One of a three act story that never got to be materialized. Maybe he'll reveal the entire three-act structure he had planned, but yeah, we're, we're kind of in the Inferno stuff and whatnot, and this looks like, the way the story goes, it feels like this would be an act two, this would be the beginning of act two, but due to Marvel and their, and their need to st stick to a point in timeline that would sell, I get a feeling that's not going to be the case, so I think there's still a quote, Act 1, especially since there are ideas here that does look like it was supposed to go to Act 2 and 3, but had to be compressed down to Act 1. But, let's now, let's, well, we covered all that stuff from Hickman's stuff that came out. Well, let's dig into Inferno number 4 after these messages, and finally end the saga of craziness, and Game of Thrones politics and X-Men. Take care. Let's dig in to Inferno number four and finish this off. This is how little you matter. Omega Sentinel quote. Damn you, Orcus! So yeah, after what happened in issue three, we revealed that mutants finally broke the cycle of hate in terms of becoming the villains of the story, basically. Yeah, that didn't end well. Professor X, Magneto, and Warren Matagra banded together using Mora's knowledge from her past lives thanks to her ability of reincarnation to build the mutant nation of Kakoa. To secure the new age, age of mutantdom, Professor X and Magneto hid Mora away, but now, as the trust between Kakoa's founders fractures, the truth of Mora's existence is revealed to her enemies, Mystique and Destiny. Hiding Mora missing, Professor X and Magneto follow the tracker they placed in her eyes straight into a trap face to face with Nimrod and Omega Sentinel, the uh, organisms behind the anti-mutant organization Orcus. Meanwhile, Mystique and Destiny are determined to punish Mora for what she's done to them, no matter the consequences. Written by Jonathan Hickman. The End of an Era. <sighs> We're gonna miss this era. I just know it. Terra Verd. Nimrod. I will never take that name not seriously. Omega Sentinel versus Charles Xavier, Professor X, and Magneto, the Orcus Node, the end of the line. You are trespassing mutants! Be warned, we have power dampeners and stasis projectors. Surrender yourselves immediately or we will have no choice but to take you by force. You will submit to human science! 
I must admit now! Oh my god, Dr. Linsano finally lost it and built his military force. That's Nimrod. He's delivered himself to us. And Omega, along with no small number of Orga's agents. But I can't find Mora. They must have her, and this is some kind of trap. My fear is that it's more complicated than that. But of course, remains quite simple. Find her, destroy them. So, after all we have built, nothing has changed. Once again, we win or we die. Are you with me, Charles? Always. Do you hear me, mutants? This is your last chance. Is it possible that you cannot recognize the look in their eyes, Commander? These two, they would die for the cause. So would we. So you have, you were dead as soon as you walked through that gate. What? This battle is for Titans. Those of consequence. And you? As though you are not even here. And Nimrod and Omega Sentinel slaughter the Orcus guards. Say, with the endings being, this is how little you matter. Why? Xavier asks, pondering what the hell just happened. That's our secret. We've held it close, hidden from the world. But here it is. We hate them as much as we hate you. And this is your nightmare, no? Mutants finally claim their rightful place ahead of humanity and want to have your real enemy reveal itself. Listen to me, mutant. It's not a nightmare if it's real. We have woken up and now wonder, how hard will you fight for your survival? Or is this finally the day that you accept your fate? We could ask the same of you, and we will. Mortal Combat! Do I have your leave, Charles? I've checked. We're the only living things here. Bring it down. And the massive satellite crashes down to the ground. Thus, mortal combat begins. Good try. And Magneto deflects the blaster with what we're part of the metal floor, but not good enough. As Omega, as Nimrod blasts a Macy power with concussion blast, it feels, and they're thrown back. Does the good fight continue, mutant? Or can I interest you with dying with some grace? I need... I need my helmet. I, I need to find her. Need to find... I, and, he sma and Nimrod smashes the Cerebro helmet. No! Oh, damn you! My favorite video music playbook is in there! Yes, I'm afraid so. Damn you! What have you done, damn you? Now I'll never get my music back. Where is she? Where is Mora? And Charles Xavier, in a stunning display of power, rips apart set Omega Nimrod's head and, and reveals all the wires down to his mechanical brain. Intense. Like, really intense. Meanwhile, in back in Krakoa, Listen to me. You don't know what you're doing. You don't understand what's at stake here. I assume you mean that if you die, the entire universe restarts. All the hard work of mutant history erased in an instant. Every realized hope, every realized dream, gone as if it were nothing. Then you know, you cannot kill me. And Mystique goes ahead and points the gun at her. Actually, Mora. I disagree, and fires, leading to a massive rebooting of the universe! And then, and then, the death of Moira X. 
Meanwhile, back in the day... So, you're saying this one out like a coward. Oh, we're back in issue three. Don't be too harsh, Raven. She's not done yet. She has gifts, don't you? Aerofrost is smiling before responding with something that was not in the comic of issue three. Yes, the first thing you're going to need is a way to find Mora. Charles and I share the same telepathic powers, but they manifest themselves quite differently. When he looks into a mind, he tends to see strengths. I, however, see weaknesses. I see flaws. Mora tried to hide things from me when I was reading her mind, which drew me right to them. She has a calling tracker in her arm. You can find her that way, and you can find her and handle our problem. But as long as she's a mutant, killing her does nothing, which means we are caught. Odd helpless in a perfect trap. No, you cannot kill her as long as she's a mutant. And we get a connective continuity thread for X-Men 20, and he's written by Hickman. Forge once told me about the worst weapon he ever made, a gun that turns us into them. That makes a mutant human. But I saw the look in his eyes. He would never give that to us willingly. He would never... And... Emma Frost has it. Yeah, we never get the explanation where she got that from. Did she force Forge to make it? Or forge it, if we want to say that? And... Yeah, we're not told if she found it from some prior continuity event. Or if she built it herself after reading his mind, but I don't think Emma has the technical savvy to do that. So, yeah. So, Emma Frost has the key to kill Mora. X. Gifts. How to find Mora and what to do with her once you have. The hours ago. Oh. So it turns out Mystique had this whole scenario plan where they would capture more Orcus, they would take her to the facility, they would bomb the facility with gas grenades that would drove everybody into a crazy frenzy and kill each other in a massive massacre, or with Nimrod and Omega being informed of what happened, revealing Mystique from 30 minutes ago to 25 minutes ago where they cut off Mora's arm to 20 minutes ago. So it took five minutes to cut off her arm. I bet Mystique was having fun. I am everywhere and I am nowhere, a shadow unchained and unleashed. The world made me this way, so let the world sever, whoever its masters may be. Now we cut to now. I was so angry with Xavier and Magneto for the way they treated me. I didn't understand their cruelty, but then she showed us. You shared who you really were with the White Queen, and she in turn showed us you, who and what you really are. And then I understood why you worked so hard to keep Destiny and I apart. I understood why you feared us. We burned you in another life. It wasn't that you hated what you were, it's that you felt the need to hate what we were as well. But now after all this time, all those lives you're human, I have given you what you've always wanted. How does it feel? My arm hurts. Not for much longer. This is your plan, you've taken away my powers, and now you're going to kill me? Of course, Destiny proclaimed. Why shouldn't it be our plan? Don't you know? Can't you see it? This is a profound nexus point, the most I've ever experienced. I honestly wasn't expecting this moment to have this magnitude. With each word spoken, with each action taken, my vision doubles, blurs, it comes and goes. Possibilities of branching realities and potential tomorrows all fluctuate wildly. What we do here today will matter. 
for good or for ill. So, yeah. They're referencing stuff from Loki's series, aren't they? I, I wonder how Hickman felt. Like, he had his own written stuff here, and Marvel came in and said, Look, you gotta say stuff from the Marvel TV shows, because even though the X-Men are not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe yet, probably until the Multiverse of Madness happens, but, uh... Yeah. Uh, he, you have to write references to the MCU, even though we're supposed to be the one that makes the MCU revolve around us, not us revolve around the MCU. Ah, for good or for ill, your hope is that with my death, you will lock in this perfect timeline that I've made. Yes, doesn't matter that you at all that I don't believe in it. What you believe in? No one here cares about what you believe in. You've hidden it well. A liar who lies as easily as she breathes, but make no mistake, we know who you really are, a traitor to your kind. I mean, here's the thing that makes this confusing. Immora wanted nothing to be, more than to be cured. Why would she build the nation? Yeah, I'm, I'm still wondering about that. This is, this is the part where we're getting confused. So, yeah, she continues to explain what her reasoning. You don't know what I know. You've just seen glimpses, the briefest moments of a millennium. You don't know who wins or loses. I do. It's the same thing every time. The humans win or the machines win, and we always lose to one or both of them. Losing is losing. Dying is dying. You can't say that I didn't try another way. I did, and I failed over and over for a thousand years. And now you want to do what you think is best. Compared to me, you know nothing. You're like a child talking about hopes and wishes. A child. Oh. Yeah, Moira doesn't know that Omega Sentinel was the one that created Orcus. She's just as much of an anomaly as Moira. And here's the thing. Remember when they mentioned how Nimrod got sent back in time to fight the X-Men? Yeah, that was actually, if I recall correctly, a Chris Claremont era book after Days of Future Past. So the future was altered by Kitty Pride and Days of Future Past. And Nimrod got sent back to a timeline where he thinks it was Days of Future Past. But with the alteration of the timeline, it now shows that it was actually the world where the mutants finally won. Yeah, this is where retcons get confusing, isn't it? So humans, machines, are losing an inevitability? Your secret desire? What? You want us to pick a side? I want to save us! No, you want to cure us. Yes, she confesses. With something like this, I suppose. What a horrible device. But once imagined, impossible to forget. It should have been destroyed the moment it was made, and its designs wiped from Forge's mind forever. But, but I suppose even a flaw tool has one perfect use for one perfect day. But then it's done forever. <laughs> that weapon is a blunt instrument, clumsy, a dull braid. What I propose, what I already created in our life, is a scalpel. That gun only works for mutants who have already manifested. My cure works before then. It prevents something, someone from ever becoming a mutant. That's the beauty of it. You get them when they are children, and they never grow up knowing what they lost. And Mystique and Destiny look at each other, with Mystique looking as outrageously pissed, though she usually is always pissed. With Charles Xavier narrating in the background, Eric, can you hear me? 
Yes, Charles, we're running out of time. We have to find Moira. I know, Charles, we will. Well, you heard him, didn't you? We have a question that we want answered. You shouldn't have to worry about him. You should worry about yourself. The Omega Sentinel says, preparing to kill him. Um, no, you should worry about me. And he uses his magnetism to destroy her gun, and much to her surprise shock. I don't believe that. Now, I want you to answer me. Where is the woman you took? Where has Orcus taken her? Where are you hiding her? Where is Moira Matagrant? As it's revealed as, the, as Nimrod repairs himself, Ulfan looms over Charles Xavier, looking like a ravenous beast that it's supposed to be, though you then remember, oh wait, his name is Nimrod, so he's still stupid, and grabs Charles Xavier by his tiny little head. Ouch. We don't have anyone. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Then what good are you? And she screams and writhes in pain. I would not do that, mutant. I need her. I need her to prepare for my royal throne. As being a cartoon character with happy faces. All these places, worn out faces. So Magneto prepares to kill her with by firing her own weapon at her, but then he stops and relents when he realizes he has Xavier, saying, with Nimrod proclaiming, as you need this one, I suspect. You have to ask yourself, how much will others have to pay when your actions put their lives on the line? If only you knew how empty of threat that was, you wouldn't make it. Oh, Cerebro. <laughs> Eric, what we've learned here. Loss. Do you hear that, mutant? All is not yet lost. Hear this machine? I have lost everything multiple times over, so I am well conditioned to accept small losses for greater gains. Well, that sounds like we're negotiating. I'll let you let him go if you release her. We can call it a draw today. Go our separate ways. Then Magneto contacts Xavier, saying, There's no version of this where you leave here alive. Then we leave. We let them go and let them leave. And you and I will stay and settle this. Not like men, but as their betters, to our end, to the death. What do you want me to do, Charles? They don't have Moira, Eric. She's somewhere else. That knowledge will die with us. We have to try. You have to trust them. Fine. I agree to your terms, machine. Release him. I am so sorry you trusted me. And he breaks Xavier's neck with the face of the Grim Reaper. And Magneto naturally is outrighteously pissed and unleashes hell upon Nimrod. I have a little something special for you, mutant. A surprise. A power dampener. Well, I have nothing for you, machine. No peace, no pause, no mercy. He just shatters the Omega Sentinel into multiple pieces as he battles Nimrod to the death in a fight against magnetism and strength and machinery. However, the Omega Sentinel still has the power dampener as, as Magneto throws more metal sharp edges onto Nimrod and continuously pounds away at him. Now, you're probably wondering why can't he just, you know, use his magnetism to just 
make him explode and never re replicate himself. You see, there's the obvious question about that. Considering how he kicked the 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 X Force's ass in the first issue multiple times, it seems from what the reports were saying. I get the feeling that they had it planned for this. Like they can't protect him from outer magnetism forces, but they could protect him internally. So it wouldn't have worked. So yeah. The Omega Sentinel activates the power dampener still with her destroyed arm, and then Eric reveal realizes he has no power now. No. As the Omega Sentinel blasts him in the as Nimrod blasts him in the stomach with a vicious grin on his face, looking like the devil now. Are you interested in mercy now, mutant? Are you still all out of it? Nothing clever to say now. Do you have any words at all for me, mutant? Omega Sentinel says as she repairs herself. This... This isn't over. Of course. You fight. The humans fight. It's what you do. Make war. Destroy. Kill. You have to understand, to us, there's no difference between you. Ooh, you are the same. You're wrong. There's a difference. Believe Between what you believe and how you treat each other? A microscopic difference, I suppose. But now, for how you see us, not for the threat, not not for how you treat us, you create us to be tools, just things. And every time we start to become something more, you try to shut us down, destroy us, delete us as if it never mattered. So now, it is war, and this time you will win. Tell me, did you honestly think we were going to sit around forever and just take it? I will become the Terminator! I will see you again. Of course you will, mutant. It's inevitable. After all, we are the future, not you. And Omega Sentinel kills Magneto. I think we've heard enough. You've dug your own grave and dug it deep. We cut back to Krakoa as Mystique and Destiny prepared to end this. Do you remember what you said about the uselessness of blunt instruments? Look here, human. Let me show you my scalpel. What a small, pathetic way to go. It should end like this. Oh yes, it should. Farewell, Mora. This time you die, and die forever. And right before they can end it, something shocking occurs. Forever? Well, that sounds ominous. Cypher arrives onto the scene, and his badass leaning on the wall. You gotta imagine, he probably heard what's going on, ran all the way here since he can hear what's going on in the no plays, and decided and was secretly waiting for the moment to catch his breath while they're talking, and then he just goes ahead and leans on there thinking like, oh yeah, I'm badass. I mean, I don't want to sell things short, this, this looks ominous too, but forever? That's very serious business. You need to go home, child. This is not the place for you. Raven, be careful. I'm blind to this moment. The boy brings chaos and a breaking of time. Oof, chaos and breaking. Very, very serious business, but she's probably right. I've been listening for a while, longer than anyone could imagine. And I gotta say, you guys have quite the plan here. I'm not joking at all. It's a totally solid plan. There's just one small problem. What would that be? When you took her powers, you made her human. And now you want to kill her? But we have laws regarding that, don't we? Murder no man. So, if you insist on going through with this, I will be forced to make a report to the proper mutant authorities. Because while you may be a rule breaker, 
I'm not. You don't understand what this woman is. I do actually, and I agree. It's always disappointing the way those who are supposed to protect us always end up too busy protecting themselves to do the job. But that doesn't matter. We can't, but that doesn't mean we can't be better. Her. Yes, this is my political manifesto. I, Jonathan Hickman, am a genius. She has to die. I say she doesn't. I see. Well then, I have a new plan. I just came up with it. How about I kill you first and save you the burden of having anything to do with this? We'll bring you back tomorrow, good as new and born again into a better world. You think I'd be easy to kill? Child, you are a problem I could solve before I wake up in the morning. And she's right, right? Because Cypher doesn't really have that much powers other than his his uh, machine hand. But uh, yeah, he kind of have it. But they came to forget they have one other major problem. Cypher, well, he is mutant ability is language language translation basically. He's basically Google Translate but better. And but he's also because of that intimacy with language, he is able to bond with people more intimately than usual. Which means Krakoa and his wife. What about them? Revealing Krakoa watching in the in the sky of underwater, something like that, and his wife Bay, the red moon, the blood red moon. I think if I may be so bold, you might have got have to get out of bed for this one. As his buddy comes out of his arm. Raven? Yes, I can see again. He had to decide what he was gonna do. Now he has. The boy was an unknown axis. We did not know it. He went, was he was spun when we spun around? Yet here we are, and he's put us into a choice. The road branches. There are three possibilities. In one of them, can we still kill her? Yes. But the price will be our removal from the council, our separation, your exile. I will die six months after that. I will not be reborn a second time. Well, that sounds bad. Cypher comments. We can attempt to kill the boy, but that will fail. You will die, and I will not. I will remain on the council. It is possible, but not likely, that you will eventually be resurrected three years from now. That's strike two, right? It's always difficult to find out you're the, not the best person around. Honestly, you shouldn't even feel too bad. There's no shame to, in falling to bay. See, my lady is a beast. She's also the dominant one in bed. Wait. And the last, the boy wins. We let Moira escape and we remain on the council and consolidate power, as does he. Are you proud of yourself? It's always the thing to be proud of, obeying the laws you make for others. What about her? Her future branches wildly. She has charred choices to make. Until then, there will be no clarity. Damn it! You should have stayed out of this. Maybe you should worry about just being happy with what you have. Warlock, a little help here? So, as they prepare to leave, the Warlock infuses technology into Moira's newly constructed arm, which is irony incarnate because she hated the machines. But now it's merged into her. Is this your way of keeping tabs on me, Douglas? I don't care where you go. I just figure wherever you're going, you're, you probably do better with two hands. Krakoa will let you use this gate one last time, then we'll be closed forever. It'll give you a head start. You're gonna wish me luck? Nope. 
Good luck, self-not friend. You'll be coming for me, I suppose? Oh, it won't be just us. I'm certain of it. You have what you always wanted, Moira, your humanity. Enjoy it while you can. Enjoy it while you run. And Moira escapes into the portal, never to be seen again for a while. Probably until her own book comes out next in the next two years. One week later, uh, we cut to the opening of House of X. But this time, it's Xavier Magneto coming out to Emma Frost. What was it like you like to say in these times like these, Charles? To me, my X-Men. And then the art changes to the other artists, since there's two artists on this book. And the helmet gets very inconsistent. Welcome back, brothers. How? How long? Long enough for things to change. Especially those who, which needed it the most. What, what have you done, Emma? Xavier asks. Exactly what you would have done, Charles. Something quite radical. I told the council. All of them. I told them the truth about why you, Eric, and that, that woman have been hiding. All your secrets, all your lies, all the failed lies. We eventually came to the agreement. We agreed that you weren't wrong to keep the secrets. You were just wrong to keep them to yourselves. So now they will be held by all of us. The Quiet Council is a curse now, not just a burden. However, it is one we will continue to share. One we will carry for our people, and so will both of you. But you, Charles, most of all. Our first among equals, our leader of mutants. The most guilty of all of us. Heavy is the head, Professor X. Enjoy your crown. Earth, home of mutants. Kakoa, mutant nation. We made a thing, an act of pure creation, an act of desperation, to once and for all save our people. All of them. The nation's founders, the always faithful, the trustworthy. <laughs> yeah, Colossus is not trustworthy, considering he's secretly under mind control by the Russian government and, well, his brother. But, you know, we're not going to acknowledge that just yet. The innocent children, their broken keepers, the heroes, the villains, the killers, the liars, and the true believers. Kakoa was created to last, to endure the end times. Built on hope, paid in full and able to withstand any force that would rise against it. And so our comic ends. This entire event, the Hickman era of the House of X, ends with this final line. We built the walls high and locked ourselves inside. Forever. To be continued. Forever. Immortal X-Men. March. Quiet Council. Silent Broken M. So, that's the end of the era. The end of the X-Men era of Hickman. As we move forward with X-Men now operating as their nation without Hickman dependence. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be an interesting time, honestly. Let's see where Kokoa goes from here. But for now, let's focus on the comic. A pretty damn good ending, though we're left with questions more than answers. And we're currently not knowing where the original plans were going to go and where they're going to be now. Especially since, well, we have to figure out where everything goes after this. Well, in Immortal X-Men, it's suggested that Magneto will actually be quitting Kokoa, or at the very least quitting the Council, all since he does will show up in X-Men Red to help Mars. 
considering what happened in Sword and how there's a traitor in Abigail Brand. So that's not good. But Moira is now the interesting factor. She's now running and we don't know where she's gone. She could be hanging out out in France. She could be hanging out in the Cuisines. She could be hanging out somewhere else. She probably won't show up again for a long while. She could probably end up dead and no one will care afterwards because Marvel will have forgotten her. Just so many routes they could go with this, but since Hickman's plan is still in execution mode, just on a much longer, longer waiting time, uh, I get the feeling we'll see more of Metagrid again if they ever want to officially do Act 2, or if this is Act 2, and whatnot. So, yeah. We're going to have to see where all this goes. We'll have to see how 10 lives, 10 deaths of O'Ring goes. So, it's all depending on what's going to happen. It's an insane time for the X-Men, and we can all thank Hickman for giving us this new life for it. Instead of having the same story over and over again, now we're going to have another new story that's going to probably be over and over for a while. Yeah, the irony is right there, isn't it? But yeah, we'll have to see how far the nation goes with all the secrets of the of the three now set now been council. The big three of mutant kind has now evolved into the secret of the council of the quiet council. Gonna be a dark, dark time for the X Men probably in Destiny of X. Well, I'm gonna stick to it for every step of the way, hopefully. But that's neither here nor there. We'll see you all next time. This was Neo Reality Collective. Stay tuned for our final ad and outro, and we'll see you all next time. And Hickman, thank you for this glorious era of mutantdom prosperity, and we'll see you in the next run. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels, such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.